0: Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor Greg Dumas continues our Better Together series with a message titled, One Another. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Amen. Delighted to be with you. Can we welcome our campuses? Give them a big hand down at South Shore, Plant City. Pastor Hector, Pastor Michael, we love you. Thank you for being here today. We're delighted that you are here with us. Uh, A little announcement, and then we'll go to the Lord and pray. Ladies, you do not want to miss this conference that's coming in February. It's called Dare to Be, and a couple of special ladies, uh, Natalie Grant and Charlotte Gamble. And we were just last week at the Gateway Conference, and Charlotte Gamble spoke. And uh, the the way I would describe it is she just rearranged my face and turned it around to the backside. Uh, and, And so if you're brand new to Christianity, that's a good thing. Uh, it's like taking that little Halloween mask and just put it all the way around. So you just have a, a little rubber band around your face in the front. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It is a Joy FM event. We're hosting it. And so the first section is already filled up. There are two sections left. And so you want to go right away and, and fill it in because we I would hate for our church to not be able to go to our own church function that we're hosting here with Charlotte Gamble. Okay, God bless you. You want to do that right away. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. We pray that when we finish, we'll have been changed from the inside out. Holy Spirit of God, come now. Thank you that you invade this place, that you invade our homes, you invade our campuses, and that when we're finished, we understand more about you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen amen and amen and amen. We're in a series called Better Together. And we think that doing life with other people helps you go further than doing life independently. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just doing life with other people. We've had hundreds and hundreds of people across campuses join what we call life groups. They're small groups that meet during the week and and you relate and connect. You know, a, a big church has to get smaller as it gets larger, Because the larger the church gets, the the more uh, tendency there is to kind of get lost in the crowd, and what God wants us to know is that as we grow outward, we got to grow inward as well. And so that's why we gather together in groups, and we relate, we connect, we get to know one another, and then we learn how important it is to be interdependent. Remember that word? Americans. Remember that word? to be interdependent, to love one another, to care about one another. When's the last time that you, or if you could think of a time when the people around you made all the difference in the world, whether you succeeded or failed, whether you made it or you didn't make it, the quality of the people around you will determine the height at which you can fly. It really does matter who is around you. I was thinking about the message this weekend and thought about way back years ago, I was an athlete, I was trained to go into college and play some college football, and, and we had a test um, to get into the senior season, and you had to run a mile in six minutes. Now, I know that for some of you running a mile in six minutes, you're like, yeah, that's easy. But for big boys, it's a little more challenging. Um, I, I, I was bigger in statue, weighed about 220 pounds. I just, it was proportioned a little bit differently. How many of you know what I'm saying, okay? You get to... Chester drawers syndrome, syndrome, right? Later in life, and everything in your chest falls to your drawers. So we had to run a six minute mile and uh, I was with the backs and the receivers. I, I was a running back and also played linebacker. And so had to, I was in the six minute mile group and uh, we started off and I ran the first lap, all right? There's four laps to go in, in the mile on this track. I ran the first lap in just under 50 seconds. Okay, so that's burning up the track. That is, some of you are shaking your head, going, "No, boy, no." <laughs> that was way too fast. That was way too fast. And so I exited the track. I was, I was uh, the team captain, and and so in my mind, I thought, "Wow, that's too fast. I'm going to exit. I'll, I'll run it again." But to, to my surprise, everybody piled out of the stands, and they came onto the infield, a little space in between the track, and. They started doing this, come on, man, get back, get back. Before I could even get off the track, get back on track. I just feel like that's a word for somebody today. Get back on track. And the people around you are the ones that are able to say to you, they love you, they bleed with you, they cry with you, they sweat with you, come on, man, let's go. And so I kind of hesitantly got back on the track, and uh, of course, my next couple of laps were a little slower, amen, a little slower. But I finished the mile that day in 5.50 something, so I made my six-minute mile. So you can clap for that. I'm waiting, waiting for you. The people around you make all the difference in the world. What God's called you to do is special. It's it's not small. It's not self-contained. It has to do with everybody and God's called all of us to be a witness for him in Christ. And today we're going to talk about the one another's of scripture, the one another's. There are about a hundred times that the one another term is used in, in, in scripture and it's really, really important. There's one Greek word, alelon, aleilon, and um, the word is broken up. That one Greek word used a hundred times is broken up uh, about 59 times in the positive. We're going to really focus on those today. And that one word is two words. It means one, another. One, another. How many of you love putting together puzzles? How many of you are puzzle people? Come on, let's see the hands, puzzle people, in the house. South Shore Plant City, okay. The way you put together a puzzle is you start with the edges. Right, the edges. And then, of course, you cheat a little and look at the picture on the box. And so... I want to just give you a snapshot of what one another, alelon, what it, what it means, where it comes from. The focus in alelon, that term one another, is others. Everybody say others. It's others. It's not self-oriented, and and the determination is that it's not based on race or creed or color or language or a culture perception. It's other people and relating to them the way we would relate to family. Can I? Get an amen. amen. Take a look around the Crossing Church across campuses and you'll see a great deal of diversity. And, and I, I, we hear this as well. Man, you, you really have a diverse church. We also hear you have a very welcoming and loving church. And I think I'm the proudest of that label than any other label you could have. You, you have a loving church. <laughs> <clears throat> the call that we have inside of this one another paradigm is to do good to one another, to do good. Not to do bad, but to do good. That comes out of the fruit of the Spirit that lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit rising up in us and that we might hear from him, be moved by him. And you know in the world, it's kind of an eye for an eye and a? Tooth for a tooth. Just drive on I-4 for a minute. Is, is it, is it, does it seem like there are more accidents that are happening in and around our city? Uh, just lately, last year and a half or so, just so, I think people are so tense, there's so much pressure, there's so many things going on, it just, and it comes out on the roadway. And, and so the, the idea here is to do good to one another. Don't do, in other words, don't do what happens to you, do what you want done to you. Do, it's, the idea is reciprocation. And the Bible says, do, if you know the verse, come on, say it with me, do unto others as you would have it done to you. So it doesn't mean to hang back. It doesn't mean to, that I'm gonna hang back and I'm gonna wait for somebody to do good to me. I'm gonna do good to someone, why? Because that's the way I want to be treated. I, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, 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 there's, you can start it. If you, if you feel it, you can start it, okay? Any campus, if you feel it, you can go for it. We clap a lot here at the crossing. It's just we're happy people, happy people. <laughs> happy people, happy people. <laughs> some of you, some of you are like, not clapping in church. Okay. The result of one another is magnification of Jesus. It's magnification of Christ. Uh, The image that the world sees, and think about this for a little bit, the image that the world has seen for far too long, can I say this? Can I just, are husbands and wives who are Christians treating each other just like the world treats each other? And the image the world sees are pastors and churches treating each other just like business opponents treat each other. The vision that the world has seen for far too long is one Christian against another Christian. It's a, you know, it's a blue discussion or a red discussion. And Boy, if we go too much further than that, even just mentioning, I, we could split the church right here this morning. I mean, we could do it even with something benign like a football team. How many of you are Gators? Don't raise your hands. Yeah, FSU, the U. We could, just using our state, I could get you angry at each other in a couple of sentences. And what's happening in our country is that we're being alienated from one person, and that's him. We're being alienated. We're being isolated. And the concept of one another is to build in this thing that isn't so fragile anymore. We've gotten so fragile, we we can't talk to one another, we can't say what we wanna say, Uh, since when is it a bad thing that somebody can't have their own opinion? Having an opinion is is a good thing. We don't have to agree, but we do have to love each other. We do have to love one another. All right, that soapbox was getting a little big. I'm coming down, I'm coming down. Here are the positive commands, and I'm just gonna go through a few of them today. Love one another. Love, this is the big one. Love one another. John 13, 34, this command occurs 16 times, 16 times out of the 59 times, and so it's almost a third. 27% 27 and something percent. It's almost a third. So love in the positive connotation when we're talking about the commands of the one another commands is really big. It's a really big deal. Love one another. And the Bible says that when you love, you cover a multitude of sins. That's why whenever you're married to somebody and you love them or you love your children, you don't see what other people see, thankfully. Come on somebody. <laughs> you don't you don't cuz love covers a multitude of sins. So we're not just to love those that love us, we're to love those who hate us and persecute us. There's a picture that I want you to see and uh, this is a father, he's in the rain. He's soaking wet. His little boy, I'm guessing, four or five years old is, is, is bone dry. This is a picture of covering, right? Somebody's in maturity. Covering, covering. But the cool thing in reciprocity is, I want you to fast forward 50 years. And now this young man is in this position getting wet and an elderly father is now under the umbrella, See, that's what God wants for you and for me. He wants someone to show us what love looks like. And then when we receive what love looks like, then it's easy to give love. It's easy. Why? Because we feel it, we see it, we understand it, we walk in it. Honor one another. Honor one another. This is Romans 12:10. There's a great book by John Bevere called Honors Reward. Check it out. Accept one another. Accept. Accept one another. How how many of you have, come on, join me. Don't leave me up here on the stage by myself. How many of you have trouble accepting one another? Sometimes what you see, don't leave me up here, I said. (laughs) You guys are like, oh no, I accept everyone. (laughs) I, I do. What happens to us is what we see, we're used to being taught you have to be around those who look like you, talk like you, and walk like you. But what we need to understand is, even people that don't know Jesus, we can accept them and love them. We don't have to agree with their position, whatever their position is. Especially in the body of Christ, when people come to church, they're looking to be accepted. I wanna ask you a question. Where's the best place to deal with medical emergencies? Hospitals, or at least it used to be. <laughs> Tutanka. And the best place to be healed, whatever your issue is, is right here. So, so don't look down on people that have troubles, just look at yourself because you have your own. D- don't, don't pull back from somebody who has maybe a different view or looks different or walks different or talks different, it, it, it matters that we're accepted. It matters that people feel like we're, you're accepted. And I, I want everybody to be accepted here. I, years ago, we had some girls that were in the homosexual lifestyle and they came, they're, they're sitting right here and they made it obvious and all, all that stuff. And, and listen, homosexuality, are you guys okay if I say this? Yes. Come on, you're okay? You good? Yes. <gasps> some people sometimes like, oh my gosh. Gossip and homosexuality are actually spoken in the same passage. And the two young ladies received Christ and got in a life group and their lives started changing like crazy and they passed a lot of the people that had said, oh, people like that, I cannot stand that. I cannot stand that. Because people like that are who Jesus died for. I, I don't know, I don't know. But, but this is I'm sure of. We're all people like that, all of us, everybody, and we all have the same opportunity to choose Jesus as savior, all of us. And so they went on, did amazing things, and one was a missionary, and got married, has three children, doing amazing things for Jesus. Just God is good. Don't judge the book by the cover. Don't, don't judge the book by the cover. Accept one another. Greet one another. The Bible says, uh, it goes, you know, this is a verse in Romans 16, 16. In 2 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, greet one another. And then it goes on, it says, with a holy kiss. So be careful with that one. <laughs> if, if you're single, pick the right person. <clears throat> forgive one another. This is another huge one. Forgive, forgive, forgive one another. Forgive one another, forgive one another. Forgive. You know, I heard a a pastor say one time, he said if you're not forgiving weekly, if you're not forgiving, if if there's not a time whenever you say, Lord Jesus, and you, you bend your knees, the knees of your heart, and you say, I forgive, and you say their name, so and so. If you're not forgiving weekly, it means that your walk is probably weakened. If you're not forgiving weekly, your walk is being weakened. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to convince us that we're not supposed to forgive them. And what it does is it shuts off our forgiveness. God says, if you have trouble with somebody else, don't go to the altar and don't pray. Go fix it with them. Come back to the altar and pray and your answers will come from heaven. In other words, if you want a closed ceiling in prayer, don't forgive them if you want your prayers to be answered and go right up into heaven and come right down back to you, forgive your brother and sister. Forgive. Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Romans 12, 16. Harmony means just two or more notes that are played simultaneously together. And I, I I want us to understand that harmony doesn't always mean that it's melodic. Harmony can be a little chaotic between tense and relaxed moments. Tense and relaxed moments. And so what the Bible is saying is that when you're in human interactions, iron sharpens iron, and sometimes you're not going to agree. You're not going to see the same thing. <laughs> the Lord started singing. I thought I would pause and wait for <laughs> him. Please don't be embarrassed. I'm not even looking that direction, okay? Don't be embarrassed. I I understand. I totally understand. I feel like it's better to just laugh than, you know, being super tense, right? Is that cool? I'm serious. Okay? Don't be embarrassed. That was a good Jesus call. Here at Tampa Campus. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21 brings this to light about the tension and, and relaxed moments. Harmony doesn't mean sameness, it, it means oneness. Let me say that again, harmony doesn't mean sameness. We're not trying to be together and be in a group so that everyone says the same thing and walks the same thing and wears the same clothes. And it's, it, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring diversity into unity. That's oneness. There can be complexity in music and different sounds and then there's tension that's built and then it comes down and it's relaxed again. There's, there's a harmony that happens with that and the same thing in relationships. And what breaks harmony is, is listed here, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious and this is a, I'm going to try to read through these. All right, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, descending into... Um, not good things, but a simple explanation, <clears throat> idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. Shoosh, I'm glad I'm done with that. It says, I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There are 16 things listed here. Nine of them are about divisions. Nine of them are about factions. And what factions mean are I have my own agenda and I have my own opinion, but instead of letting you have your own opinion, I'm gonna to try to force my opinion on you. I am going to be divisive. Everybody say divisive. I'm gonna be divisive, divisive, potato, potato. I'm gonna be divisive with you. Why? Because I have to win. I have to win. And that spirit causes disunity. It causes it in families. It causes it in school. It causes it in politics. It causes it in churches. It causes it all over the place. And God says the subsequent, the reality for that, what we need is we need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy, we need immersion in the Holy Spirit. And when we have that, we have the opposite of that Spirit. Okay? So here's what the Scripture says, Galatians 5.22. But, it's, it's great when you see buts in Scripture, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants to do. The opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, the things that are listed above it, and, and 16 words there, nine of them have to do with divisiveness, being divisive. So if you want to deal with divisiveness inside of you, how do I deal with, now I have these thoughts or these feelings and I feel isolated, I feel angry, whatever it is. If you have them inside of you and you're dealing with them outside of you, in your workplace, in church, in your family, when you go to dinner, the thing, how many of you would love, how many of you would love to not feel the way you feel about some other people right now? Here's what to do. Find your prayer closet, get on your knees, turn some worship on, immerse yourself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Immerse yourself. Don't leave that place on a daily basis, don't leave that place until the Lord has answered for you the answers that you need that give you anxiety because if you leave that place without your anxiety, then you get to leave that place without your judgment. You can leave it there in your prayer closet. And so when you go to dinner, when you're at work, when you're at school, and whatever the thing is that happens, you have a repository built inside of you, who's the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit, and out of you comes grace instead of disgrace. Grace instead of disgrace. And all of us, every Christian on planet Earth has full access to the Holy Spirit. 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 You have full access to the Holy Spirit. There's nobody that's more or less righteous, uh, you you know. Okay, let me go quickly. Encourage one another. First Thessalonians, stir up, provoke one another to love and good works, love and good deeds. So we're putting this together in, in a team you know, getting, getting illustrations. We uh, found this illustration, Northwest Athletic Conference Championship, two uh, girls' volleyball teams, collegiate teams, playing each other for a championship. And one young lady had never hit a home run, uh, sh- small in stature, but she hit a home run. Was Very excited to hit the home run. And normally you hit the home run and you go around the bases to confirm, you know, one, two, three, and then you get back to four, you cross home plate, you're in. But when she rounded first base, uh, she was excited, too excited. She missed the base. So she was several steps past first base when she realized she didn't. You got to touch the bases when you go around. Um, and she pivoted hard to try to get back to first base. When she did, she blew her knee out. Um, for those of you who don't, you know, what I'm talking about, there's tendons and ligaments. And she, she pulled those or broke those. And so she collapsed a couple of feet from the base, crawled to the base and was hugging the base. And they all asked the umpire, what are we supposed to do? You know, how is she supposed to get around the bases? The ump said, if anyone on her team touches her, she's automatically out, she's out. And so at that point, two star players on the other team came over and picked her up and they carried her around the bases with her good leg, she touched every base and got home. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Stir one another up towards love and good deeds. Stir, stir, stir people up. Do what God is asking you to do. And even if it costs you, you're, you're thinking, you know, we're on different teams. You know, most of the time we lose, especially in Christianity, because we don't realize we're on the same team. Let me say that again. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. You guys are on the same team. Whew. And then pray for one another. Pray for one another. Last year in uh, 2020, boy, tough year for a lot of things. I, I um, personally went through four surgeries. Um, I had a thing called thoracic outlet and so they took a muscle out inside of my neck and then bifurcated the pec minor. I won't go in much more than that. They took it out, started feeling better, um, but there was a problem with the surgery, so they had to do it again. So I had two on the left side. And that was in January, then COVID hit. And then, you know, we're almost through July and I was gonna get the right side done. So they did the right side. And when they did the right side, they nicked the phrenic nerve, which is kind of a bundle of nerves right in here, and it paralyzed my diaphragm. And, um, you know, they were doing the CT scan, and the doctor came and said, hey, I have good news for you. You're not permanently impaired. And I said, thank you, doc. <laughs> I, You know what I mean? Th- that kind of emotion where you're like, holy moly. I was almost permanently impaired. So the second round, two on this side. Now I'm going for two on this side. My wife couldn't be there because of COVID. There's nobody to sort of intercede Um, and to ask and to say, and to go, Hey, he needs water. Hey, he needs food, which I always need. Um, that just came out. Sorry. For free. So I, so that, that night I was over medicated. I mean, they way, way over medicated me and I couldn't speak to them and they weren't understanding me. And, uh, Satan came. Because Satan comes when you're at your weakest, yes. when you're alone and when you're at your weakest. And I had a vision, the clearest vision I've ever had of a satanic attack. He was dressed in Persian clothes. He had a lance, a very long lance. He jumped off of a high place and, and I knew he was coming. I knew, I just felt that feeling. And I felt like that night I said, I'm, this, is, this is probably it for me. I don't know if you had that very serious thought. I thought this, this very well could, could be it. And he jumped off and he was coming down, one leg bent, and coming down with the lance to spear me. And then I heard a loud commotion around me. I mean, like yelling, aggressive commotion. And I pulled back in the vision and I could see hundreds of people gathered around me. I was in the middle and they had lances that were equally as long as his and equally as sharp as his. And they were all pointing towards him. And so as he came down, what he, he could not get to me because of the prayers of the saints. And I feel, I feel like the Lord saved my life that night because you prayed. Because of prayer, God, you know, we don't change God's mind when we pray. We get in the mind of Christ when we pray. We we don't change the mind of God, we get the mind of God. And when we get the mind of God, we say, whatever you said in scripture is what you are gonna do. Who you say you are is who you are. And we believe in you and we trust you. And and, and the clearest picture I've ever had that night of just how much it matters to pray. And so thank you, thank you for praying. It it really, it's, it's incredible. I'm gonna skip a couple of the negative commands. I'm I'm gonna just skip through those. You can can look at them another time. They're in your notes. I wanna go right to distinctions. You know, there are distinctions in the world for how somebody lives, and what we see is what we know, or what we see is how we identify. And so there are are tribes in Africa, many tribes, and they're distinguished by the marks they have, the marks they carry. And uh, so uh, this is a particular tribe, If we think about religion, we think of maybe the Pope and how the Pope dresses and the head dress that he wears and so on. We identify, we automatically say, that's a distinguishing factor. Same with military. In the military, you see the brass and um, what you're dressed in. The same with like wealth and fame. And, you know, I think Ariana is like the biggest of the biggest ever right now. We were talking about people a little bit ago. We had a girl yesterday ask, was that the son of Michael Jackson? And we said, you don't know Michael Jackson? And of course, they don't know Michael Jackson. Does, does any of you don't know Michael Jackson? <laughs> Michael, beat it. <laughs> you just forget. You just forget how, you know what I mean? You forget how long ago that was. In, in the first century, Christians had a distinguishing, a distinguishing sign for their lives. In Antioch, Acts chapter 11, they were called Christians for the first time. And they weren't given the name Christians from one person who was a believer talking to another person who was a believer. It was the unbelievers that named people who love Jesus Christians. the ends. The term means little Jesuses, Christy and Christ's ones. In Antioch, they were suffering persecution in Jerusalem. They went 300 miles north to Antioch and there they were called, Acts chapter 11, Christians for the first time. And the distinguishing mark that caused the unbelieving world to say that they were like Jesus is because they loved one another. They loved one another so greatly. They served one another, blessed one another, supported one another, encouraged one another. They spoke truth to one another. They honored one another. They walked with one another. They suffered with one another. They had one another uh, encouragement that was so outwardly beaming that unbelievers said, you guys look like little Jesuses. Can we pray today that the church falls on its knees and the unbelieving world sees us loving one another so greatly that they say, Jesus must be present. He must be there. I want you to see the scripture, John 13, 35, by this, by what? Love, by this, the love you have for one another, shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. If you have love, one for another. I want to end with a story of a young lady named Faith Martin. She is one of our college-age worship interns here at the Crossing, 18 years old. A week ago, last Thursday on the 23rd, she had no prior medical history, no pre-existing conditions. She came downstairs. If you can imagine this, how many of you have kids that are 18 or under? Or for, for that matter, any age. You have kids, you know what I mean? She comes downstairs to have a conversation with her mom. In the conversation about she was getting breakfast, she uh, blacked out. She started to seize. So she went into a seizure. Seizures are, are very damaging. They're very scary. If you've ever seen it, they're, they're very, they could be violent, very scary. Her mother started CPR on her, and her seizure went from a regular seizure to a grand mal seizure. Not only did she have the grand mal seizure, but while she was having the grand mal seizure, she had a heart attack. So... Her mom called EMS and when EMS got there, they, they said that she had been without oxygen to her brain. And if you know anything about the brain, I was asking a registered nurse, I said, how, how dangerous is this? She said, every minute that you go without oxygen to your brain, you have a 10% t- chance of permanent brain damage. Every minute. And so somebody was asking me, well, don't divers hold their breath for five or six minutes and some more, longer than that? I don't mean that. When you hold your breath, you have inspired, you have oxygen in your lungs and you're breathing off of your own air tank. What we mean is if while I was speaking, somebody came up to you abruptly and put their hand over your nose and mouth, whatever oxygen's left in your lungs, that's it. And once that runs out, every minute past that period of time is 10% 10 chance that you're gonna have brain damage that's irreversible. And they said that she went without oxygen for 15 to 40 minutes. The doctor, when they got to the hospital, they did the CPR, doing CPR. When they got to the hospital, there was a lady who had a daughter the same age. Her name is Faith, Faith Martin. This is the girl I'm talking about. The doctor that that saw her had a daughter, her same age and emotionally connected to Faith and continued doing CPR which is a miracle because that goes beyond protocol, way beyond protocol. So if the doctor had not had a daughter that was in the same age category as faith and had emulated, so you know what I call that? I call that moved by love. That's what I call that. Moved by love, compassion. There's a connection that makes a human life real at that moment and had, she, had that not been that doctor at that moment, at that hospital, Faith would have been called or pronounced deceased. She would have been pronounced deceased. The prognosis though, after the CPR was not good at all. People, here's what they were saying, people do not recover from this. She was placed on life support, and for those of you who have seen this, life support is, is, you know, is kind of a last thing. There was, she had no brain activity whatsoever except for the machine that was registering for her. Her own brain was not functioning. The only uh, imaging they saw in her brain was it came from the machine. But come on, somebody. But those around her in the intern program, we have interns across campuses and and students and those from Unite, they responded to love her and they said, we're going to go pray. And so they went to the hospital and they gathered a handful of young people. They gathered at the hospital and they said, we're going we're gonna to go in, we're going to pray. It was, it's it was really tough at that point to go in because so many people want to go in. You know, we have a, I'm so proud of our church. I'm so proud of our church. I, we get this all the time at hospitals. How many pastors do you guys have? <laughs> because people are so motivated in their life group. So, we, and we call people who, are, who lead life groups. We say, you are their pastoral covering. And so we have just people after people after people after people to go and just, and love and care and pray. And so they gathered outside the hospital room um, at Brandon Hospital and they just started calling on God's name. Here's a little, here's a little video of that. See the, see the. uh, You see the, you see the cars driving in. They slow down. We're having church, you know. And about ten minutes into worship, probably two worship songs, we got a report. What you saw, Faith would have been to the left, across that little street, and her room was right there. And uh, we believe. We just, my wife and I went in before they started to sing and we prophesied. We were saying, we prophesied, God, if you can dress up bones in a dry valley and put sinew on it and breathe life. You you medically, so let me not spend too much time there. About 10 minutes in, two songs, we got a report that Faith coughed. And if you don't have brain function, your brain doesn't know to register to cough. So that meant, something was going on with her brain. And so we know that the interaction, that interaction from heaven to earth was taking place. And so they continued to worship and pray and worship and pray. And her fingers, she started to have a uh, feeling and her fingers, started to move her fingers. From there, she started to move her limbs. The, the doctors all freaked out. They did the right thing and reduced her medication because she was in an induced coma. They reduced her medication. And after they redu- reduced her medication, by the end of that evening, she woke up. Amen. She, she woke up. Amen. What? What? No brain activity. When your brain shuts down your, your vital organs, they shut down. And then when your vital organs shut down, the last thing that shut down is your heart. If it wasn't the right doctor, they would have called her deceased already. In the next circumstance, they were saying no brain activity whatsoever. Her brain came back online right after that, her vital organs came back online. And then they said, but, but wait, wait, we're not out of the woods yet. So you're going to have permanent heart damage. And so they did a bunch of tests last week and they came back, they tested her brain and they came back and they said, we cannot find any brain damage whatsoever, zero. And and they came back and said, oh, and by the way, you don't have any heart damage either. So I had in my notes entering the weekend I had in my notes, and Faith is gonna be discharged from the hospital, but she, she uh, Faith is an overachiever. Her name is Faith. She was at service at the Tampa campus this weekend. Says this my, my son-in-law, Trent, my daughter, Tori. There's Faith right there. Come on, let's give it up. Come on. Come on, church. God is a miracle-making God. That's how revival starts. Teens gather together in a small group of people there. And when they got the news, it said about our heart, there were more and more who gathered. Some stayed through the night. When you read about revival, like actual revival, it starts usually in college and student age, young people. It starts in their heart with revival. And so I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna give a simple, just a simple invitation. If you, if you would, thank you for standing. Would you be seated for one more, one more moment? Thank you. <laughs> I love it. God, I love it. Can we thank God again? I love it, I love it. If, uh, you know, if you can't clap for that, your clapper's broken. <laughs> Something's messed up in there. I have two things, I'm gonna give the salvation invitation and, and then I wanna pray, I wanna pray for revival. And I'd like to pray and prophesy just like we did in that hospital room that God would breathe back into you the life that you need for whatever you feel like is dead. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me all across campuses and at home? Every voice would you say, Lord Jesus, come on, you tell him, I surrender. I know I've sinned. I come to you now, humbly. I give you my life. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. There you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts. You can also download our app by searching for Crossing Church Tampa in your app store. We can't wait to worship with you this weekend. For times and locations, visit wearecrossing.com.